Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais in Ontario, Canada, with episode number 185 of The Yacking Show. This is the show that aims to enlighten you, empower you, and hopefully entertain you as well, but most of all, to open you to new perspectives for the changing world we're living in. And to do that, we bring you interesting guests. Today's guest is no exception, but it's Kathleen's job to introduce guests because she does it a lot better than I do. So first, let's welcome co-host Kathleen Beauvais from Waterloo. How are you doing today, Kathleen? I'm doing great, Peter, and thank you for that intro. And thank you all so very much for tuning in to our show. We so appreciate you and we love reading your comments. So please keep those coming. And if anyone is interested in being a guest on our show, please don't hesitate to reach out to either Peter or myself. We'd love to hear from you. And as Peter mentioned, we do have another special guest with us today. Her name is Amy Hager. Amy, welcome to the show. How are you today? Good. Thanks for having me on. So Amy is the co-founder of the Content Personality Club and the lead coach with the Joyful Business Revolution. She helps coaches, consultants, and nonprofits grow their business and scale organically. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But first, Amy, tell us a little bit about your background and how you used your love of marketing to start your own business. Yeah. So, um, you know, I feel like I've been building community since about the ripe old age of nine and building community is part of marketing. Um, I used to race goat carts. And so I'd have to go out and ask these business owners to be sponsors of this goat cart. Like really what's the ROI on that? Right. (laughs) And I'd always have to talk about my following, my fans, how they came to talk to me first after the races, they took photos in my goat cart, my photos then get printed and, you know, get hung up on billboards in kids' bedrooms or, you know, go to school for show and tell. And so really being able to build that following and build that community is something that I've just continued on throughout into adulthood. And um, I've got about 15 years underneath my belt in the association management world. And I think a lot of what I've learned there is when you build powerful communities with mission-driven, focused entrepreneurs, look out world, because here we come. It's amazing what can happen. And so now bringing on, working with coaches and consultants, it's everybody's like, you work with nonprofits and these individuals, what's the tie? It's always that mission-driven, service-based kind of philosophy that helps bring marketing tactics that can work well for a coach or a consultant or even a nonprofit and kind of brings it all underneath that umbrella of building a community and building that following around something that's larger than you, larger, more like of a movement, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of how I've tied it all together, I guess, over all these years. Excellent. Wow. Yeah. So I, I, sorry, Kathleen, do you want? No, go ahead. I got to pick up on the go-kart bit because uh, I'm giving my age away, but around 35 years ago, my, my son wanted to race go-karts and um, mm. we had a go-kart uh, and it was not that competitive, but we went to a number of events for about two years. And I think at that time there were maybe, this was in South Africa, there were okay. maybe two girls, that's it, oh, yeah. racing go-karts, no more. At the end of the race, it didn't matter if the girl came first, second, or last. 90% of the fans were around the girls' go-kart, not the boys. So <laughs> exactly. Thought, exactly. There you are. So that's that's why. Yeah, well done. What I was going to ask you, though, everything you said, you, you could do that 
easily and as well with entrepreneurs in any field, right? So marketing guys, uh, inventors, whatever. But you, you chose to go the route of helping coaches, consultants, and nonprofits. I know you've mentioned a little bit about that, but there must be more. Why are you concentrated on those groups? Yeah, so I think the reason that I really saw was they're always wanting to make that bigger impact in the world. Mm -hmm. And I think whenever I've gone out and done things and interacted with people, like I hope that there's that trickle down effect of whatever I'm bringing to the table trickles down to the next person behind me or impacts the community. And I've also moved not a ton, but um, my husband was military. So again, community and building building your tribe is really, really important. And so as I've moved from community to community and just learning about what goes on, seeing the impact that someone who I guess is a mover and a shaker or that can bring people together to work towards a bigger thing, seeing how that works multiple times over and over and being a part of things like that just really is what gets me excited. And so when there is that bigger goal of making such a larger impact, it doesn't necessarily need to be the world. It can, it can be your community right there. I think that's really what gets me excited and Mm -hmm. to have everybody coming together, working towards something that will change the lives of who knows how many people, um, is, is that driver to be honest. Mm -hmm. Okay. Interesting. And, um, you actually work with, with, businesses not just in your own community but you can help businesses anywhere basically in the world right now that we have technology such as this I just wanted to clarify that for our audience Um, on your website there's a presentation pdf that mentions that over 50 percent of women that are business owners never exceed $25,000 per year in revenue what is the biggest reason for this yeah, when we did when we did this study, we really found the biggest reason there. I think there's two. Well, One, we find mission-driven entrepreneurs tend to give too much away. They want to serve. They want to help. And so they have a very hard time charging a fee. They're also, when they are charging a fee, they're not priced for profit. You know, they're thinking, oh, I can charge $25 for this thing that I probably should be charging multiple hundreds or even thousands of dollars. And so when I work with people, it really is, you have to peel back that layer of the onion to understand why they spend this thing and what they really want to do with the impact. And the one thing that we really do know is when mission-driven people make money, they make the biggest change. They're the ones who are out donating to different causes. They're the ones who are out volunteering or or giving their staff the opportunity to go volunteer within different communities. And so we want to make sure that we're putting those mission-driven folks in the right position to be the leaders. And we know they can't be the leaders if they're counting pennies, having to, you know, worry whether money's going to come in to pay their mortgage, to send their kids to school, to provide for their family. We know if they don't provide for their basic needs, they're not going to be able to expand and provide for that bigger community. Oh, interesting. And yeah, yeah, that very makes important. sense. Very to good. Me. Mm-hmm. And and very true. And I think of some of the people that we've interviewed on the show that do a lot for mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So on your website, you've got an infographic that tells people, your audience, exactly what they need to do to be successful. And -hmm. I think there's a couple of steps there. Would you like to expand on that a little bit for our audience? Yeah. So the one thing that I find when entrepreneurs start their business is, and this isn't as much in the a nonprofit phase and I, or uh-huh. space, and I do want to make sure that there's that clear line that I really think this is when coaches or consultants or entrepreneurs start their business, is they really start their business and they're trying to fit a business for their ideal client. And they're building this for the client. And so if you take that pause and realize, one, you're unique. And so you trying to build your business to fill the needs, wants, and desires of a client or a potential client or an avatar or an ideal client or a dream client, whatever you want to label it, you get what I'm talking about, right? Mm -hmm. It's not going to be the right driver. And so when you really tap into the uniqueness of you and you really look into what you want out of this business, how you want to serve people, how you want to guide people, how you want to help people, that's when the magic happens. And so instead of worrying about, well, gosh, is it better for my ideal audience for me to host my workshop on Wednesday afternoon or Saturday morning? I say, I don't care what's best for your ideal audience. What's best for you? Do you want to host it on Wednesday afternoon or does Saturday morning work best? Oh, wait, none of that works out that well for you? Then why are you doing it? And so when we look at the uniquely you, Once you've really figured that out, you can then build that offer. You then market that offer and really sell, or I like to say enrolling people into the vision of the next best thing of themselves. And so starting with you, though, has to be that fundamental piece. Mm -hmm. Which goes right back to what you said earlier on about building a tribe, right? Yeah, exactly. Like I, Some people are not going to be on the Amy Hager tribe. And that is okay. I want them still to find their tribe, right? I want them to find their community. And when we talk about what we do at the Joyful Business Revolution, you know, this has been a community that's been on Facebook for a decade now and has slowly changed and grown as the owner, M. Shannon Hernandez, has changed and grown as she's brought on, you know, team members as I've come on to be her dynamic duo. And it's really great because some people love Shannon a little bit more than they love me. But I think the fundamental piece that they all want is they want a joyful business. And a lot of people build a business and end up hating it and wanting, Mm -hmm. you know, to smack their head against the wall. And I, I always ask the question, well, if you have this business that you hate, why don't you just go back to corporate work? Go back to that nine to five or go back to that office work because there's not going to be as much personal pressure that you're putting on yourself because it's it's not your business, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we scale it back and refocus on the person who is the business, that's when really that uniqueness can come out. So people can say, yes, I want, I want what they have. I want what they're talking about. Or, oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to scroll or I'm going to unsubscribe or unfollow. And so, you know, I always say in marketing, you're, your marketing is working well only when it does two things, attracts the right people and repels people. And if you mm-hmm. get haters, you know, it's working. Very good. Ooh. Now, can you talk about the four actions someone must do in order to move from the invisible expert to the highly paid expert? Yeah, definitely. And I think once you've kind of gotten through that uniquely you, you've really found your position and your stance, then 
you're able to really hone in on these four actions. So you've got to be really clear on what you want for your business, but also what you want for your life. Y'all, they're the same thing. And so a lot of people are like, my business is this, my life is this. If you're an entrepreneur, I'm sorry, it is very much so married. And I see a lot of mistakes that coaches make is they don't really understand their lifestyle values and they don't understand how lifestyle values make a, make the impact on every single decision that you need to make. And so a lot of times when I get someone in front of me and they're, they have decision fatigue, they're feeling misaligned or they're not priced for profit, they're giving away too much for free. That's what I'm like, whoa, we need to get you clearer before you go out and do anything else. Because if you're not clear here, the rest doesn't matter. And so once we've gotten someone clear, that next action is the fun. I This is where I think it's the most fun is getting visible. And so a lot of people will market out of alignment and they will think that getting visible means they have to be everywhere on every single platform. And so they'll try running a blog plus going live on Facebook, doing YouTube videos and probably starting a podcast. And maybe they'll even venture down the path of Canva graphics. And so when we get really, really clear on our content personality type, And if you guys are very curious about this theory, if you Google content personality quiz, take the quiz. And I'm curious on what content personality type you are. We believe there's five. There's live in person, which is kind of what we're doing here, right? Mm -hmm. Talking, interviewing, interacting with each other, maybe sometimes teaching in a workshop or being surrounded by people. There is written, which are the people that can just knock a blog out in like a half a second. And it's just so joyful for them. There's our audio personality types, a lot of radio DJs, those who have podcasts that don't have that video component, or even someone who could stand and like give a webinar and scroll through those slides, but not have their face Mm -hmm. on a video is a great audio personality type. And then there's video, which would be, again, someone who could stand here and talk by themselves and really... I don't know, hold court and be able to really give a message and give a great presentation, but not need that interaction of the audience. And then the last one is visual. And so this is a lot of our graphic designers, our interior designers, those who love doing hand-drawn graphics, or even if you think about those days in school when you'd have your classmates who were doodlers on the side of their notes, those a lot of times end up being our visual content personality types. And so when we uncover that first piece of what is your content personality type and then encourage you to only create content using that type and just let the rest go, it really helps people become visible and it really then feels much more aligned. Marketing shouldn't be a chore. It should be something fun. And so once we find how to make it fun for you, that's when you're having the confidence to do marketing and messaging, you're showing up regularly and you're no longer going, oh, I need to create a video and write a blog today. <laughs> you know? exactly. We've all been there, right? Sure. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then the third, the third step is, so you've gotten clear in the first step. The second step, you're getting visible and you're using your content personality type to do so. 
our third step is going to be really developing that strategy. So one, you can make sure that the messaging and marketing that you're doing is getting the effect of creating that following, getting people interacting with you, getting people engaging with you, and then ultimately getting them to enroll with you. And so um, a lot of people feel that a marketing strategy, though, is either too restrictive or that they can't, well, I guess it's the same thing, too restrictive or they can't be creative enough. And so then they don't even create a strategy at all. And so we see a lot of people who are like, I'm creating my year long marketing strategy. And it just makes me pause because how do you know what's going to be important in six months? Mm -hmm. You're going to change and grow as a human. I'm sure you're going to interact with people and something's going to spark a light underneath you, right? And so we really encourage people to look at 90 days in advance for their strategy and really focusing on what you want to sell, using that content personality type. And then we say focus on one social media platform plus growing your email list because your email list are those super followers, right? They're the ones that have opted in to hear what they, what you have to say. And so a lot of times when people either don't have a proper strategy that's built right for them. A 90-day strategy for Kathleen is not going to be the same 90-day strategy that I follow as Amy. And Peter, your 90-day strategy going to be different too, my friend. Mm -hmm. So there's not no cookie cutter template that we can really create. And you have to tap into your energy and figure out what does consistency mean for you? How does that feel for you, right? Mm -hmm. And so once we've been able to really build out an individual strategy, it's that peace of mind from day to day that your business is operating, you're able to achieve your marketing goals, and you're able to get those paid clients lining up to work with you. And then speaking of clients, <clears throat> that last step is really getting the clients. Mm. And the other big scary thing I hear from entrepreneurs is I'm scared to sell. I'm not good at selling. Mm. And I get it. We are not all born sellers. Like it is not, I don't know if there's a DNA gene or what do you want to call it for selling? I don't know if it's out there. And so really being able to create a way to have conversation and enroll people into what the results are and not really, it's showing up in service. You're not really selling them something. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of coaches will host like free workshops or secret classes because no one's enrolling in them. The marketing isn't there. And then when they get them in front of them, they're not actually enrolling people from it. Or they'll have sales conversations after sales conversations after sales conversation and just nothing is happening. And so when we look at how you're interacting with a potential client and the questions that you're asking as sales conversations to get clients should be that conversation and not presentation. Right. And so once we're able to really address this, we call this a soulful sales conversation. You're really feeling like you're connecting with that person because you absolutely are. And it's scary to really figure out how to do that. But once you're able to really dig deep and figure out what your soulful sales conversation is and what your style is, having that with somebody just comes so easily and it no longer feels like you're the used car salesperson, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's no more sleaziness. Right. So those are the four actions. So get clear, get visible, get yourself a strategy, and then get yourself some clients. Mm. Oh, excellent. Very good. Yeah, that's great. Switching gears a little bit, pardon the car metaphor. Um, <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I've just got Carliffs and Dodgers in my mind. Um, get, let me concentrate. So I want to ask you about podcasting. It, pod, you know, we're on a podcast here. It's just exploding. More and more people are doing podcasts. Uh, we had an expert the other day that said, what was it, Kathleen? 80% never go beyond three episodes or something. You know, True. quite yeah, a yeah. horrific um, statistic. But how do you advise your clients to be successful in this medium of podcast, whether, whether it's with video or not, you know, just mm-hmm. generally? Yeah, most definitely. So I think the one thing, too, that I didn't explain in my bio is I was a radio DJ for seven years. So mm-hmm. podcasting is like the new radio. And I love yes. it. Absolutely love it. But it isn't for everybody. And so if you aren't a live in person or audio content personality type, I would say one, you should not be starting a podcast. And if you are those two content personality types, then you need to really decide what the structure is and making sure that it's filling your cup of joy and that it doesn't become a chore anymore. But I think the other thing too is to not overgive on your podcast or even when we're talking about workshops let's be honest like a lot of people teach too much and then if you're hearing after a podcast or even after a workshop oh I need time to go implement what you just told me it's a really clear sign that you're over teaching during Mm -hmm. that part and so you want to be able it's a delicate dance right of giving away enough so people can experience you, but not giving so much away that you're giving the solution away. And so those are really my biggest advice is if you're not a content personality style live in person, which then you should be doing an interview style, or if you're an audio, you would just obviously record the audio and um, to not be giving it all away. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. Very good. Very good. So I just got to add there that that we we started this. Um, I think Kathleen might have put it in her first email to you at the beginning of the lockdowns. Yeah. Kathleen and I used to meet a lot of people in live networking events, and mm-hmm. a lot of the people we we met suddenly there's no more live contact, and they don't know how to promote their business. So we thought, let's start this. A, it'll be fun. Uh, B, it'll give some of our our colleagues and a chance to get some more exposure in the local area. And see, it'll bring a bit of light and laughter into people's lives. Everyone was really full of doom and despondency. And we thought, well, we'll try it for a few episodes. And here we are, 185. What am I, 185? Yeah. (laughs) But but we found out it was such fun. And we got to meet so many interesting people like Mm -hmm. you and that. And our cars and cats for Kathleen and all sorts of things. (laughs) Over and above the subject matter. But you're, you're so right that. If it wasn't fun, we would not be doing it any longer because, and, you know, the editing and that can can be tedious, but it's part of the job. But we get so much fun out of the, this part of it, the live part or the, the making the video that, you know, we don't we don't mind doing the background work. So you're absolutely right. You, you've, it's got to be fun. Otherwise, it yeah. doesn't and, last very long. And so I've got three podcasts on very three different topics. Um, right. One is Build Your Business for Good, and that's with my business partner, Shannon. And, um, you know, we talk all the time, every day, well, except on weekends, we take a break. And so um, it, it is, it's just looking into like our day-to-day like chatter and talking about what's going on in the world of marketing and selling and building a joyful business. The other podcast that I'm a part of is called Association Rockstars. And we're interviewing those un, 
sung CEO, executive director heroes all across the nation and letting them share their stories because you're right, Peter, like it's so great to be able to interact with people and to and find those commonalities and really build that way. And then the third one um, is for a nonprofit. It's a sustainable travel education organization called the Rise mm-hmm. Travel Institute. I'm interviewing people all over this world mm-hmm. that there is no way in a million years I would ever be able to cross paths with these people. But because, again, I am a live and first in person, interviewing and asking asking questions is one of my superpowers. It, it comes so easily for me. Mm-hmm. And at each of those different levels, Yo, I've taught someone how to edit two of those podcasts because I know the editing isn't my super strength and I should be out talking with people, but I've gotten it to the point where there's a process and a system in place and I found somebody that loves to edit. So at least it's bringing that to it. Right. Right. So, so Amy, tell us the steps that you would take with me if I were to call you as a new client. Yeah. Um, so I think the first thing that I, well, yes, the first, not, I think, I know the first thing I would do, Kathleen, <laughs> is I would really need to get to know you a little bit better. And so I love to hear people's background stories. How and why do they have this business? How did they get from point A to point B? And understanding that why they started this business, them really helps me understand them. And so I would say I spend a lot of time getting to know people's whys and getting to know really what caused them to start this before I even worry if they have a marketing or selling problem that I can Mm -hmm. help them out with. And so usually once I have a better grasp on the why and everything along those lines, I also want to know where you're going. Like, what are your dreams for this thing? And then we kind of uncover usually some of the problems and some of the fears and lack of confidence within the beginning of that conversation. And so when I'm in my soulful sales conversations, a lot of it is very much so me asking questions and getting to know you better. And I I straight up sometimes tell people, are you ready to be interrogated? Because I got about 20 questions I want to ask you. (laughs) But there's five questions that I know I really need to ask during my sales conversations to keep me on track and to keep me out of coaching because I want to coach. I love being able to help people, but I know if I don't have this person enroll with me, if it's the right fit, I'm never going to be able to help them to the extent Mm -hmm. of which I really want to help them with. Can I give them a quick little idea that maybe they could go implement? Sure. But I don't want them to continue to struggle. Mm-hmm. And so during my conversations, I always make sure I have these five questions all along the side of my notes because I'm a very extensive note taper taker. Hello, journalism school. Thank you for teaching me something. <laughs> and, um, you know, I always I write out a lot of my questions so that I don't forget them, too. And by the end of it, my goal is to build such a strong relationship with you that There's either a solid yes in your mind that I am the person who cares enough to help you, but also has the qualifications to help you, or I'm not the right person for you. And I always say it needs to be a full body yes. Mm -hmm. If it's right, it's right. If it's not, it's okay. And maybe I know somebody in my community that could help you because you're looking for something different or something that's outside of my expertise 
or maybe you're looking for someone who's not so extroverted, or maybe you're looking, you know, who knows what it is. Maybe the times that we meet with our sessions don't line up because you're in Europe or in another country. And so um, spending that quality time getting to know people, though, mm-hmm. is really how how I start every conversation with everybody who comes into my community. Right. Mm-hmm. Good. So, Amy, here's what I call my burning question. Okay. And we ask this question of all successful people, and you're clearly clearly in that category from what we've heard today and what we've found out about you beforehand with our research. So if I was to ask you, in your experience with working with lots of people, many successful, some obviously not, is there, there a single characteristic or a mindset or a habit that sets successful people head and shoulders above the average who never really make it? And I'm not just talking about making a lot of money. I would include your nonprofit people people who are successful with a balanced life. Yeah. Is, there one, is there one thing or is, is, is it more than one? I would say there's probably two that come to mind. Mm-hmm. One is knowing those lifestyle values and knowing your why. Um, really understanding and having a grasp on that. And here's the thing, they change and grow as we change and grow. So usually my top five lifestyle values are all about the same. And sometimes they kind of switch around, you know, travel is usually my top lifestyle value, but I had a health thing pop up a couple years ago. So that, that took some precedence over travel and, you know, COVID also put travel down on lower. So I would say those who really understand their lifestyle values and their why, but then also those who are continuously curious, the world is constantly changing. And so just because you tried something before, don't be scared to try it again, but a different way now. Mm-hmm. And so being curious and always wondering, what could I be doing 10% better than what I'm doing right now? And can I let the rest go? Is a great question to be asking yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. Excellent. Thank you. Well, my goodness, we're running low on time here, Amy, but can tell us how people can contact you. Yeah, definitely. If you... You can look me up on LinkedIn or Facebook, Amy, A-M-Y, Hager, H-A-G-E-R. And feel free to message me or friend me there. Um, Also, like I said, if you Google the content personality quiz and you take the quiz, I'm probably going to email you and ask you if you're surprised (laughs) about your results because I'm so curious. Some people are like, I never would have thought of this. And some people are like, oh, yeah, I knew. I knew. Um, And, you know, definitely... If you're on Facebook and you are looking for a community to join, if you look up the Joyful Business Revolution for coaches and consultants, I'm in there every day. So I would love to meet you. Excellent. Well, thank you Excellent. so much for being with us today, Amy. Thank you. And thank oh, that was really good. You. Yeah, it was. Thank you all so very much again for tuning into our show. And until next time, take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.